Hello and Hello. welcome to this Foster's Inquiry podcast. Uh, my name is Lee Keys, and I am hosting tonight in Catherine Fry's absence. I'm told she back will be back in the next episode, though. I think John has some more information on that. Um, as always, I'm joined by John Lang of John John Joe's Blogspot on Facebook, and I really suggest that uh, you drop by there for some quality crack. And his bets are always worth a check. Uh, a very shrewd judge's John. So basically give that a check. And also don't forget my website, systembet.co.uk, for some rather military medium betting advice. Uh, I'd like to kick this show off, first of all, by saying uh, I think we'd all, we all like to pay our respects to the uh, uh, to Prince Khalid Abdullah, uh, who sadly passed away this week, uh, a pioneer of the uh, breeding uh, and owner world. Um, he's been around since I... I started my, my, my betting life and it's, it's going to be awfully sad if the Juddermont operation can't continue um, uh, because of, of, his, of his passing so that, that, that remains to be seen uh, and it, as I say it, 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 it is pivotal what, what he has achieved the, the kind of horses he's had through his hands um, produced um, and it's a very very sad week I think for racing um, there will be more discussed um, on that topic also um, on a new uh, podcast we've got on Sunday uh, where we'll be, uh, myself, John and Catherine, uh, we'll be discussing the hot topics in a nice punchy 30 minute savage podcast each week. So I hope you'll tune in for that. Now, John, I think you have some information of why Catherine uh, isn't able to make this show today. Yes, it's just in the last quarter of an hour or so, it's come to light that uh, sadly the Fry fanboys have sat up past the bedtime for no reason this week. The Gloucester Glamour Puss isn't with us <laughs> because she's gone to a sleepover at Simon Clancy's. She was seen leaving the house wearing a Hurricane Fly onesie and I mean, I'm reliably informed that the keys are going in the fishbowl at 9.30pm exactly tonight. <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. Uh, Catherine, <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say to that, but brilliant, John, as always. Um, right, questions time. We'll kick off with questions. We've not got that many this week. Um, was it, um, is it Tim Jenkins or is it Tom Jenkins? Tom. Tom Jenkins. Sorry, sorry, Tom. Um, started on the gin too early. Um, he's got three good questions and the first one of them, uh, is do you bet on any other sports or just horses? John? I do, but it's really, really rare. I would have a real serious bet on anything else. Um, for example, if Middlesbrough are playing my local team, I would tend to have a correct score bet, especially if they were on the telly, uh, and that correct score bet would be based around Borough Nil, which is what I actually call the team. Um, again, with the potentially anticlimactic England matches as well, um, I love a good nil-nil on a live TV international. Um, if there's a snooker player that particularly takes me fancy, I don't mind having a, having a bet there. 
Um, I don't bet so much on the darts these days as I did in the 80s and 90s. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I don't roll anything out, you know, especially if I'm going to watch it, you know, I don't mind having a little tickle at it, but I, I wouldn't be having a monkey on anything like that, you know. I think, I think that's, that's the problem with, with, with sports betting, that, and I think most people, well, professional punters that I know, uh, well, it, it, they have to have a bet to watch it. You know, it's just literally if it's golf, if it's you know Masters, if it's uh, football, whatever. There's always, there's always everyone I speak to uh, on my chat mediums. They're all having a little little dabble usually. You, you could um, watch the Masters without having a bet, couldn't you? Because if somebody that you even gave a remote squeak to one, say forty to one or something like that. You would literally take a fortnight to get over it, the, the fact that you haven't had 20 quid each way on him, wouldn't you, you know? Oh, even, oh for sure. Even yeah. though it's not even going to tilt the balance sheet at the end of the year, yeah, it would just annoy the living shit out of you that you'd not had anything on. <laughs> well, when, when I read this question, I, I thought, I thought, well, that's funny, because I, I checked my profit and loss on, on Betfair yeah. um, uh, yesterday, and like, over the last three months. And I have done my absolute bollocks on sport. I, I have, I've lost, um, I'm not going to say, but it, it literally, it literally shows you that if you don't keep a track of your, of your profits, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I don't bet big on sport or anything like that. These are just like, like you said, watching bets. Oh, this, uh, live football's on or, or cricket's on or got up. I, I'm an awful sports better. Absolutely awful. And clearly the bottom line also says that. Right. Uh, second question, uh, from Tom. Um, the best one out of the three as well. This one. This is a cracker. Corker, this one. Um, if you could lock down four people within racing permanently, who would it be and why? John. Well, I thought this was a tremendous question. Um, Apart from the fact that he was limiting us to four people, um, I did have a, pro- <laughs> I did, I did, did have a pro- problem whittling this down to a semi-final lineup. But anyway, I think I've, I've probably got somewhere near with this. Um, number one, an absolute banker for the lockdown would be the screaming kilt. I mean, he genuinely thinks he's a good trainer. You've got the personality of dread, most shit if you go up there for a morning on the gallops. Um, rations coffee like it was liquid gold and thinks two rich tea biscuits are enough to cover a freezing morning on the high mower. Um, just could not be having him anywhere other than locked up and locked down permanently. Um, <laughs> Cracking chap. Number, number two, um, I'm, I'm afraid this is uh, a double look for this lad, two weeks on the spin, poor old Dickie Johnson. Um, I take the view that we're unlikely to ever have to fight another Crimean war. So taking horses to fall like they did at Balaclava is no longer required. So we'll, uh, we'll have Dickie under lock and key as well. Um, the third choice would be a little bit controversial. Uh, I know some people in racing like him. You can probably get them all in a phone box, but there is some people that like him. And that would be Splat Chapman. Um, total sellout for me. Right? It's lazy award pieces in the sun. 
Um, for me, just likes to feel quid man. He likes the sport. Um, and the fourth one would be Rod Street from GBR or whatever the hell it's calling itself this week. Great British Racing or whatever. No, racing. <laughs> How the hell he ever got his feet under the table is beyond me. Got the sort of marketing strategy that would have sent Woolies and BHS over the cliff sooner than they actually went. Um, so, uh, that's me for, you know, I mean, I could have easily doubled it, trebled it, or whatever, you know. There's yeah, a- I, I, I mean, I mean, that's not a bad four to have. I mean, they, I get, I get everything about them. And the, the, the point you make about Matt Chapman is, and I've always looked at Matt Chapman and thought, you know, this, this, a while ago, you know, this, this lad isn't too bad. He's, he's, he's up and coming. He, he's sort of like a trying to be a McCreary type, if you like, um, that sort of style, but obviously not got McCreary's, uh, knowledge and panache at delivering. Uh, but, but like you say, lately, there's, there's something slightly changing. I, I think I, I get that. that. That's the kind of feel there's, I got as well. There's a sneering posh boy lurking under the surface there. Yeah, I think I think I think you've got a point there. Um okay, right, mine then. Uh John will be disappointed because like he says, we, we know enough people in racing to probably have a scrollful. Um the the, the prob- problem for me would probably be liable. Um so I'm gonna name three that I could comfortably name without uh possibly going into reasonings that uh you know might get me in trouble. Um so first of all, uh my top one uh, is uh, Joe Fanning. Um, I mean, his, his wife. His wife must really hate Joe. I mean, she's making him ride at, or, or his partner. I don't know his personal life, by the way, but but I mean, he's riding at seventy-three years old. I mean, you know, he, he, everyone's sick of it by now. You know, we know what's coming in the final furlong, and you have to sit there and suffer as as you see the old uh, flapping motion. You know, for his nickname, Flapper Joe. Um, and I, I think, come on, Joe, give everyone a break. You know, <laughs> just just announce it. Just say, I've had enough. Thank, thanks for coming. Uh, so Joe would be my first one. Uh, my second one was a recent thing, really. Uh, I mean, I've, I've never liked, liked, liked the fella, but the, the, the commentator, Mark Johnson, um, the, the, the shouty man, he, I think he's reaching new heights. He's done several commentaries recently where... You know, he's going to have a heart attack if he carries on. I mean, I mean, I mean, he's going to fall off his chair and just and that because he must be he must be absolutely blood red in the face with Mark Johnson. And I mean, every every commentary is getting towards the same where it's sort of like a monotone voice, a monotone shouty voice, and then it turns into a angry shouting voice in the last sort of 200 yards. And, and it's, and when you hear the racing replays on, on the uh, racing TV in the background and you think, Oh, it's not him. And you have to literally either mute it or turn it over. And that's not, that's, that's, that shows that that commentary is terrible because why would you do that? You, you know, it's, it's, it's great and it's annoying and really uh, someone needs to have a word with him and say, just, just turn it down a bit. You, you know, you can call a race. You don't have to, uh, you know, have a coroner. But anyway, so that's... Uh, he's getting to the sort of age as well where he, he genuinely could have a funny turn, isn't he? You know, I mean... Well, I mean, he's eating well. I mean, you know... Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, you couldn't roll it out, like. No, no, it's, uh, you know, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, so Mark Johnson 
Johnson. So we've got the Johnston and the Johnston, really. Yeah. And my, my third one, uh, as I said, I'm not going to do four because I'd possibly get myself in trouble. But the third one, I can give you a personal account of, and I'm allowed to do so. It was back in uh, December 2004, New Year's Eve, and it was the first horse I owned called Keep Me Warm. And the fellow in question rode my horse, Paul Durr. Um, now, I'm not saying he's still in racing. I don't know what he's doing at the moment. Um, but I, I, this was probably my most embarrassing moment. I'm still in the stands at Wolverhampton, stood next to Bill Turner. The horse misses the break. Um, it, it comes wide into the straight. It gets hand riding, absolutely no effort from the saddle. Um, Bill looks at me. I looked at Bill because Bill knew what I did for a living. So Bill's got the suspicious eyes looking at me, staring at me, and Bill would shoot you. You know, he's one of them. He's, he's an angry man. So he, he said, um, he said, he stopped that. And I said, hmm, doesn't look good, does it? And next minute, Bill got called into the steward's room. Uh, Paul Durr got called into the steward's room. I was unaware the horse drifted from sort of like fours to tens. And you can check on the racing post site. It's all, all there. The stewards inquired. Uh, it was the most disgraceful stop job I've seen. Um, I rang Paul afterwards to remonstrate and said, um, what went wrong there? And he, he, he just claimed he was ill. And, and you knew straight away he was abs- absolutely, he, he was telling complete lies. Um, and so basically, Bill wouldn't speak to me after that. Bill refused because he thought I was in on it and I'd been laying on Betfair. Um, and <laughs> so I had to sell the horse because the trainer won't speak to you. He just, that's it. So literally we just ran in claimers and I got the horse claimed and, uh, it went to, uh, Paul Blockley at the time. Um, and never ran again. So I don't know what happened there, but anyway, so, yeah, so Paul Doe, yeah, stuck it right up me. Well, Blockley elevating it, weren't he? Well, like I said, he, he, I mean, I, he was probably in with a dodgy crowd was the jockey and, you know, nothing I could do. Yeah. But, I mean, and that is the truth. I mean, people would look at that and say, yeah, right. But, you know, and say, yeah, you'd be, you'd be taking lumps out of the machine. But, no, that wasn't the case. I was actually there at, at Wolves, stood next to the bill, uh, wanting, wanting to cheer it on. Uh, but, no, not to be. Right. Uh, thanks for them uh, questions, Tom. Um, uh, uh, the lockdown questions was very good. Um, oh, hang on. No, one more. Sorry. 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 I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm wanting to get to the races. Uh, just one more question from Tom, which again, I thought was good. Uh, if you were a racehorse, who would you want to train and ride you, John? Well, being <laughs> one of the most renowned laziest bastards in the north of England, <laughs> um, I would be going for John Wainwright to train me and Tim Tinker to ride me. <laughs> they would never, ever get to the bottom of me. Um, that that would be my school of thought there. I would be able to duck the issue no matter what they applied. Blinters, visor, cheek pieces, you name it. They would get an ounce out of me. <laughs> Do you know what? What's funny is that we're thinking on pretty similar lines, really. I, the first thing I thought to that question was, well, I'd, I would, if I was a racehorse, I'd be incredibly lazy. You know, I'd be just absolutely, you know, unwilling. Um, and, uh, the, the two that I thought of was um, uh, 
uh, Jim Bolger, <laughs> because I'm so I'm sadistic like that, uh, you know, and um, and to, and to ride it would be uh, I think Megan Nichols be a shout, you know, bit of eye candy there, well, you know, uh, be be a wash down after, you know, things like that. I'd, I'd quite like that, and then and then nasty Jim. You know, and I'd probably be laughing as a horse, really, with nasty Jim telling his stable staff off and bollocking his jockeys. And, you yeah. know, yeah. gent- Jim would be sending you to church every Sunday till you get an idea Anyway, th- thanks for the questions, Tom. It's made an entertaining start to today's show. Um, on to business. Um, this is where we need to pick up a little bit because I, 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 I hold my hands up. I've stopped Catherine tipping 25 to 1 when it, I've I've not pulled any trees up myself, and I think this is the week me and John have got to take this weekend to account. So we moved to Warwick on Saturday, and the first race we're going to look at is on ITV4. That's the 150 at Warwick. That's the Hampton Novices Chase. Just the three runners, uh, decimated field. Uh, John, any views on the 150 at Warwick? I was a little bit disappointed that if Cat Fix wasn't declared for this because I just think it will help the price for pumpkin heads off. Um, and I think if the Cat Fix happens to be a shell of a horse at the minute, over fences, and yeah. it would have just nudged pumpkin heads off out round that half a point or whatever it's called, but it really just made it that little bit easier to back. Um, I don't think there's one with better credentials in this. And also, I'm of the opinion that Warwick, down that side before they come into the straight, I think it takes a bit of jumping. They come up pretty quick, them fences. Yeah, it's... And uh, I I think the old dick-cheat method of schooling uh, also has been good stead round tracks like that. Um... Because they do seem to get their act together when when the when the jumping's hard and fast, you know, and the the sort of rush up on them a bit down there. I I think that's a that's a pretty solid horse in that. To be honest, it, it, I don't. It's, it's not splitting the atom to say that, but I'd be very surprised if it got right. Yeah, um, I concur with that. Actually, uh, I did. I mean, fiddler on the roof, uh, Catherine has pointed out to me that um, John Joe Neal uh, uh, Jr. takes over and obviously that's a that's a big jockey upgrade and I, I concur with that um, and that is Catherine's selection um, for those of you that follow the only national hunters we've got um, <laughs> we, have be, we have to be really careful when we poo-poo in these don't we because, well, uh, that's it, I have to sort of you know uh, refrain from um, uh, dissing uh, our premier national hunt judge and Catherine is very keen on Fiddler on the Roof, primarily because she doesn't like Robbie Power. Um, and John Joe O'Neill, obviously, I agree, is a significant jockey upgrade. That said, I'm not sure I've been that impressed with Fiddler on the Roofs. Um, what should we say? How do we say it? Attitude, maybe just not putting it in, something wrong. I mean, it got beat at Newbury by Caribbean Boy, um, and then it ran against Allart, which I, I tipped Allart that day, and I, I, I did I did back Allart significantly. But the thing for me that day, Allart was not perfect at all. It, it, it didn't jump well, and it still brushed this aside. 
Um, fairly, fairly comfortably in the end. That's how I went some big prices in running that day. He did, he did, yeah. A double figure. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing. For me, I was disappointed that I expected Fiddler on the Roof to beat Allard. In running, there's no way I was backing Allard anyway. Um, so Fiddler on the Roof was, I thought it was disappointing that day, but I get Catherine's angle. Um, but I'm in your camp that I think next destination will possibly be uh, a little hard to beat, but as I said, uh, Catherine likes to be on the roof, so, so sorry we're, we're all split. It's good that you're giving Fiddler on the roof a positive mention because we don't want to pay to the other week when the postman's sack was throbbing, never mind bulging, with irate letters from Fry fanboys. <laughs> the Fry fanboys were very upset that, that, oh. that you know, I mean, putting put her off the, the, the big winner of Christmas, you know, the, the, the big headline. Uh, Steeler, you know, and I, I, I've had a fair bit of stick for that. Um, so yeah, so, so it's Fiddler on the Roof for Catherine and it's next destination for me and John. So sorry we're, we're split there with, in, in the, in the three runners. Um, the next race on the card there is the 225. That's the Ballymore Leamington novices hurdle. Um, it's now a grade two event. Um, John, any thoughts in this? Yeah, well, I, I actually uh, took a bit of the first one last night, um, Oscar Elite. Um, I think this is just a very solid poke each way, um, despite the in-and-out nature of form for the Tizard Yard. I think uh, this has got form in the bank that would pretty much measure up with anything in the race. Also, possibly unusually for an Oscar, it, uh, it probably wouldn't mind how the ground got. You know, if it, if it was really bad ground, I think this one would cope fine. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I like the jockey booking as well. Um, you know, somebody up there that's going places. Um, it's, it's a tough race, but I think that's a very, very solid H-way poke. I think you've summed it up nicely there with the with the tough race, um, and your selection's been very has been very impressive. Uh, I've been impressed with him. Uh, they've definitely not got to the bottom of him at no. the moment, and like you said, the, the jockey's a big positive, so he's definitely a live one. Um, my thoughts on the race: well, I did a little little bit of a statistical digging, um, and. I looked at the last 16 runnings of this contest. I know, I've got too much time. Um, no horse has ever managed to win this race in, in, 16, in the last 16 runnings that I've got on record when they step up from two miles for the first time. Uh, I, pre- I presume that's because it's the two mile five, it'd probably be a slog. Um, you know, and I, I, I find that, that, that a remarkable stat that, that, that basically uh, 22 have tried as well. So there's been 22 horses over the last 16 years try to make the step up from two miles to two miles five, and they 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 don't they don't manage it. Um, so you that, that's you're going to cut the fruity layers for us now, aren't you? Well, no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to go to bed. You know what? I, I think about these 10 year trends at Charlie. You know, they're there to be, but it's just a statistic. I mean, whether it's logical, this could be. You know, it may be just a thing that. Possibly you need to have run at the distance before you race here to make sure you get home. Uh, maybe that's something in it. I don't know. But it's an interesting stat. Um, and for that reason, 
and I, I do like your horse, I'll be honest. Um, but for that reason, I just thought I'd take a chance on uh, uh, Alan King's uh, JBY. He was he was very impressive um, over course and distance. Now, that form would not be good enough to win this race. It's probably about a stone short of where you need to be to be winning this this kind of race. However, well, I thought I thought the key thing with this last time, JBY, was the fact that they went slow early, right, really slow, and this yeah. this was out the back, and you know, and it didn't half come through and power through in the end. I thought yeah. that's impressive to do it off such such slow fractions, really. Um, after looking at some of the timing data, um, so I thought, well, that that's not a bad shout. And if you look at the point form, the point form's quite solid as well. So. Yeah. I just thought I'd take a chance uh, on JBY around. I think you can get a bit of eights, a bit of sevens. That's a bit under pressure, but I felt maybe that each way for Alan King Kong. Um, I don't think it's a bad shout at all, because I definitely think it can jump better than it did there. Yeah, uh, I think there's more to come, but it would have to. I mean, we took, yeah. you're back in a horse here that definitely has to improve, I would say, around the stone mm. to, to to match what the what some of the other principles have. So... That's our two there. There's nothing from Catherine in this one. Um, so we shall move on swiftly to the next race, which is the big race of the day at uh, Warwick. That's the uh, classic handicap chase over three miles five, an absolute stamina fest. Uh, it'll be very tacky ground there. Um, and basically, you have to stay the trip well to be winning on Saturday. John, thoughts on this? Well, as you say, Lee, you have to stay the trip really well in order to be uh, even considering yourself to have a half a chance in this. And uh, with that in mind, I'm throwing one in that's stepping up massively in trip. <laughs> we haven't ever asked you whether it'll stay or not. Um, <laughs> Didero Vallis, uh, regular listeners will be quite familiar with the fact that uh, I sort of half fancied this for the Sefton at uh, entry back at the start of December. And after dispassionately observing it, shall we say, and shouting at the screen for Charlie Dutch to kick him into the fences a bit and all the rest of it, I concluded that this horse is jumping and come under pressure due to the fact it was running over two shots at trip. And I am of the opinion that this is exactly what it wants. Maybe not exactly what it wants, because I thought exactly what it wanted was the Welsh National last week, and she didn't declare it. But here we are. Um, Charlie Dutch's jump ship, which I'm not so bothered about, we've got more than able deputy in Tom School. Um, we're right down the bottom of the handicap, 10 stone on his back, so... If he does stay, he'll be all right at the end of the race, you know. I mean, I, I think when it, when it gets testing, I'd, I'd obviously rather have 10 stone than 11 third. Um, it, it's, it's kind of a hunch thing. But I do think at eight-year-old, it's lately raced, it's got potential. It, it could turn in, still into a, a tip-top staying chaser. 
a lot of these have sort of had the chance at being tip-top stages and haven't quite made it. Yeah. You know, whereas this one could. It's 20 to 1, I think that's more than sporting. Um, obviously, she's got the other one, I'm assuming Charlie Dutch has had the choice, but um, I'm sticking with this. I'm bracketing Charlie Dutch with thick Dave at the minute and saying he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, like you say, there is there is something there if uh, Didero Vallis can stay this stay this distance. Um, and I mean, it's, it has been competitive off this, off, off this sort of mark uh, and, and above um, in some good races, um, like you've highlighted, um, and. This race would not be as strong as the renewal last year for me. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think I think you you you've got a shout there. Um, Catherine has been on to me and she said that she likes uh, Le Bruy in this of Ben Pauling's yard. Uh, ran in the race last year, um, finished um, fifth uh, behind Kimberlite Candy last year's winner. It was a warmer race last year. Kimberlite Candy won the race. The conditional was in fourth. Um, it really opposes with Captain Chaos uh, 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 from last year. Uh, that was second in the race. Um, but Catherine seems to like uh, Lebroy in this. Um, and she thinks off a mark. And I, I can see where she's coming from. 148 running this race off last year. Uh, it's 140 this, this, this time. So... And and had a nice third over the national fences last time out, so it comes in 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 fairly good nick, you would think. So a nice selection there from uh, a is, premium. Is this, is this a horse we're starting to get pissed off with, mate? It, well, it keeps getting beat twenty odd lengths, no matter what market runs off. Well, uh, and yeah, it was disappointing finishing efforts for me. Yeah. And I think I think the key though could be uh, it's had its wind tightened up, um, <laughs> and public I might have had more wind ups, but publicly this is the first time they've declared a wind up. Um, so you know, six weeks off, I can see why. I can definitely see why Catherine likes it. And the I, market. I might, is I might finish at the Fez last year uh, with the um, the automatic bet stamp riding it, Jamie Cod, uh, yeah. and. Everything looked to be going to plan until he actually actually has to start racing, you know. And uh, as you would say, I think the wind up is clearly going to be the key. If um, if that's worked, you know, I mean, our bets are off. But yeah. as, as it's been running, I mean, I would just expect it to wait and turn it in, you know. Yes. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, be interested in that one. Um, a few angles there for Catherine that could see Lebroy um, lift the classic tomorrow. Um, my selection is Captain Chaos. It's a bit boring, and I'm not recommending it as sort of a, a massive value play or anything. But it's 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 more obvious than Dale Winton that this is this has been laid out, you know, for this race. You, you can see last year Skelton did exactly the same. Uh, it was pulled up um, uh, behind Potter's Corner in in the uh, the Welsh National. Um, possibly, possibly wasn't that bothered, and then all of a sudden turns up absolutely hammered in the market last year. 
uh, from sort of 33s in the morning right down to 10 to 1 um, and ran a blinder and finished second. And I think this will be out and away, which is, again, if you're playing running like I do, you know, you, it's nice to have a, a runner that's that's bounced out in front, jumping nice. You know, it's it, it, it's it, it's good um, from, from a trading aspect. So, Captain Chaos, I felt, you know, he's, he's got the form with LeBroy from last year, like I said, second and fifth in the race last year. So, I did feel that uh, Captain Chaos would go well. Uh, final race at Warwick we're looking at is the 335 race uh, again on ITV4 it's the Potemps handicap hurdle where everyone's playing uh, silly buggers uh, trying to finish not too close uh, well the ones that have got big enough marks are as we know everyone lays them out for the final um, and uh, John your thoughts for the Potemps uh, I mean, these races are just absolute hell on a stick, aren't they, really? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, what the hell is going on, seriously? Um, I've lessened uh, the Skellywags. Um, fell at the first, I think, last time out in that chase at Ascot. Here we are now, we're off 137. Now, what's his plan here? Is he, he going to go hurdling the rest of the season, try and get it in the final of this, or is he having a little pop around to get his confidence back? Yeah. What's going on there, for starters? You know? Um, you look at the marks some of these have got, you would think, well, pretty much they can all sort of compete off these marks. I can also see a situation where not many of these would fancy going to Cheltenham with another pound on the backs. Um, with that in mind, <laughs> um, I sort of started looking down the bottom, thinking, well, then they can maybe afford to go up and here the, the bottom of the handicap than the top. Um, I rolled out SB on because there's some hurdles involved. Uh, Mr. Harper wasn't too keen on either. I thought that was pretty much at the top of that that one's capabilities. I've ended up, I, I thought, St. Delina was maybe a little bit unlucky last time, possibly. Not a big fan of Mares, as you know, normally if there's a Mares race out into the car park. Um, <laughs> but I, th- I, th- I think the, the profile's quite right for this type of test. I like these French Preds in bad ground. I think the arse will stay well. I think it'll be off for its life. There's a claimer on getting the five pound off. I Tom Buckley, yeah, he's, he's very good. Very good. You know, I, I, I think this will run well. Um, Charlie Long's done his team. He usually well finished by... Well, they usually turned out at grass by the time Cheltenham comes round there. So, you know, this, this could be its fez, really. Well, interesting, because um, we're on the same wavelength, then, in a way. Um, because, obviously, as you'll know, you've gone for St. Belina and I said some good reasonings. Uh, I've gone for Mr. Harp. Well, (laughs) Mr. Mr. Harp was the one that, this is my best bet of the day, this is the one that beat St. Galena 
uh, last time out. And the interesting thing for me, obviously, St. Galena was running there with no penalty uh, for the winning the conditionals race the time before. And Mr. Harp gave him three that day um, and a beating. And now they race off uh, level weights um, of the same same mark. Um, and not, not just because of that, because I did look at Mr. Harp's profile and his he's, he's, he's pedigree is absolutely stamina laden. Um, he's not had any chances really in novice hurdles. And the novice hurdles he ran in uh, for his mark uh, were against uh, Barbados Bucks, which obviously was very impressive at Kempton the other week. Yeah. Um, and they were steadily run races, which wouldn't have suited Barbados Bucks, but it certainly didn't suit this fellow. And then he turns, and I probably underestimated him against St. Delina. I thought, well, he looks a bit slow as this lad, but then I looked at the pace sheets and they didn't go much much speed in either of the solo races. So basically this lad's not had a real test of stamina yet. And the St. Delina race was, was certainly more well run. Um, and and I think, and he came through really, really strong at the finish. And I think there was a, a lot more there under the bonnet. Um, I, I, that's the feeling I got. And I backed St. Delina that day. I thought St. Delina was a good thing. Um, and and, I, and this fellow just absolutely put uh, St. Delina in a place. Um, and I think there's loads more to come. This would be a strong nap for me. Um, 11 or 12 to 1 is enormous. Each way a pleasure. You know for a fact it's trying. Because it's on the mark 123. Uh, anything down the bottom is going to be trying. The, the ones at the top, maybe not so much, as we know from, you know, anything sort of 138 ish might not be bothered. Experience. Yeah, well, this is the thing. Um, it's not I'm, moving, this is it, is it? Yeah. But I think you're on the right lines with St. I think it's the right race. I mean, we've just got a different opinion between us on who's going to come out on top between them. But I think I, I do think these these two both of them, obviously Mr. Hart runs well. You think Saint Delina's going to run well, so so yeah. So I, I like I like that I like that. Um, well, yeah, that's my nap anyway. Uh, would be uh, Mr. Hart. Um, last but not least, uh, we're going to move on to um, any business we've got for Saturday. John, have you any other uh, bets lurking under the bonnet? Yes, I've got. The porky looking ones at Warwick actually in the earlier races. Lovely, lovely. Um, in the 12.40, um, I had a look at these at the four day stage actually, and uh, I was rather disappointed initially that Burnsome Dust hadn't been declared because I've, I've sort of been waiting for the horse to come out on some bad ground on what I think is a fair mark. Anyway, I haven't declared it, so I had to have a bit of a rethink. And I had a look at Children Pecos, which is fairly crashed down in the ratings, and I, th- I think it's on a fair mark now. It'll justify a bit of each way support. Um, I can't really see how this won't run well tomorrow. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I fancy that quite a bit, really. And the uh, the one fifteen, the uh, the Edward Courage Cup, named after the old Spanish steps owner. Um, now there's there's two ways of looking at this. There's, there's every chance that Generous Day is dead, but if they haven't quite buried the rotting corpse yet, and they're getting back on his face, 
he's on a tremendous mark. And he would definitely have to come into calculations rather than really joins outside of the field, which I think he is. Um, so that technically would be a Henry Oliver each way double. Now he's, he's a trainer I had a bit of regard for a few years ago. Now. I suppose there's still time for him to still become a, a noteworthy national hunt trainer. Like in the same way there's still time for me to become a noteworthy model for speedos. But, <laughs> uh, you know, um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's got fair chances of landing a double tomorrow. And if he, if he didn't land a place double tomorrow, I'd be, uh, I'd be worried about poor Henry's future and he, he could be the next man for the lockdown. If they <laughs> I tell you what, I like, I like the profiles of the pair of them. Generous days dropped a lot in the weights. Um, like I say, a, a very backable price. Would be very capable uh, on his day. And the first one uh, was a €140,000 purchase as a three-year-old uh, uh, for Willie Mullins. And, and, There's like a fair bit of money, he says, that Henry Oliver can train. Yeah. You know, not a cheap muck in the yard. And uh, one day he might just prove the investors are correct. Very interesting, John. No, I, I can't knock those selections at all. I think I think you know you, you could see big runs from either. Really, uh, certainly uh, one could be very well handicapped. A generous day, and the other one is a bit of an unknown quantity, having slipped down the weights after. The best could have been. Yeah, the, the absolutely. Best. Yeah. I've, I've got nothing really to add apart from 235 Linkfield. Um, horse called Furlas, trained by George Boffey. Um, it was 22. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not telling you anything. I mean, I'm, you know, I have absolutely nothing here because 20 to 1 in the thing. It's 11 to 4 now overnight. The rats have been in. Um, but Furlas has got a lot, uh, in hand. I am told, uh, I am told this is an absolute steering job. Um, so. You can use that way. You know, I mean, it's information. We know what information is. Do we really want to take three to one when everyone else else has had 20s? But I suppose if it does go off, uh, if it drifts back out, it might be worth a small bet maybe for the last. But anyway, that's what I've been told. It's amazing, um, it's amazing the difference a tongue tie can make, isn't it? Oh, it's nuts and hay and, you know, yeah. all sorts uh, of other things. <laughs> amazing stuff, you know, I mean... Uh, Anybody would think it's just like wrapping our lasses tight around its gob and just using it as an excuse when they have you in. But obviously, we know different. Well said. Um, Sunday, uh, there's one race that I, I was going to mention, and uh, just as I mentioned, 120 Punchestown. It's the uh, Moscow Flyer, uh, Novice Erdler Grade 2 event. Uh, John, did you get a chance to look at this race or have any thoughts on it? I did, it's an absolute epic, isn't it? Um, yes, yeah. You, you know, I mean, where, where do you start with these, really? <laughs> I think, um, on the whole, um, even, like, the baby Joseph starts fire attack, um, on the figures, that's probably got enough in, in the bank to give it a bit of a squeak, even though it was probably disappointing last time. Um, the Mullins arse would fall in the could-be-anything category again at 
Patty um, for the fragrant Mrs. Donnelly. Um, his other one, you know, I mean, again, comes out, closes up. Who knows? Yeah, you know, I mean, there is potential by the barrel load in this, isn't there? You know, I mean, so, something's going to shake up the Cheltenham market if it wins with authority in this, isn't it? You know. Absolutely. And um, I was thinking, I was hoping, the kitchen fitter, uh, the real deal. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling this might mention Yeah, I mean, the, the the super unleaded might be going in tomorrow, and you know, I mean, he's he's often talks. He wants JP to buy buy a horse off him. You know, he wants he and is the super unleaded in tomorrow on Sunday rather. Um, and it was ever so impressive. I know it was a, a really rubbish handicap hurdle, and it was running a poor time. But for me, that was more eye catching because he came right from the back off a crawl, and he just he walked past them as if they were just literally trees. Oh, we aren't coming off the bridle, so... I mean, listen. this horse is hilarious, isn't it? I mean, uh, this this could go to the Fez, having doubled its rating from, much. from the 19th of September, you know what I mean? Yeah. One of 84 there, for Christ's sake, you know what I mean? It's, I mean, you're going to be 150 if it wins this tomorrow. I, mean, I know Catherine sat there, like, if she's listening to this, which she will be. I know she's like cheering on what I'm saying here. She'll she'll be cheering rather than on for the crack. I think you know d- drill deal. I think would be hilarious if that was a winner. And I don't think it's any forlorn hope either. I think there's something oh, about this horse. Whether it, yeah, whether it's whether it's uh, from Super Unleaded or whether it's from uh, Nuts and Hay, we'll never know. But hey, you know, it, it's an interesting race. I think to watch on Sunday. That's the Moscow Player at Punchestown. I'll uh, round off by uh, saying that we've got a new show every week now. Um, it's the um, the Bar Stewards Sunday Sermon. Uh, five hot topics of the week we'll be discussing in just 30 minutes. Perfect for a dog walk or anything, really. Uh, no censorship, ranting away. And it's our first episode this Sunday, so please tune in. We've got five fantastic topics. Uh, and get your questions and questions in, please. Uh, we'll also uh, deal with those um, uh, as we usually do. Uh, it makes for a fun show, uh, readers' questions, and we do appreciate uh, the feedback also. So, yes, yeah, so tune in Sunday for the first episode of the Barstool's Sunday Sermon. Thanks for listening this week, and good luck with your punting this weekend, and hopefully we'll steer you on one or two winners. That's all from us. Bye for now.